we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and knelt to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I might in- inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. He answered and said unto him, well, yeah, I know the commandments. I have observed these from my youth. So in other words, Jesus, man, on your test, I got an A plus. I done done all of this. I haven't committed adultery. I haven't killed. I don't steal. I don't bear false witness. I defraud not. And Jesus beholding him, now listen to this, Jesus beholding him, loved him. Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, Okay, so one thing thou lackest, lackest, go thy way and sell whatever you have. Give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. In other words, get rid of all of your reputation. Get rid of what you have, all of that. Equate yourself with the guys that are with me, and we'll all be equal, and we can all roll together. Like, you can't roll with us as a ruler, because ain't no rulers here. Only one ruler is what he's saying. God is the ruler. So in this group... There's no ruler. So if you're going to be with us, you're going to come with me. You got to give up your seat, your self-importance, your self-inflation, your selfish ambition. Who you want to be in front of others, you got to give that up. Bible said he was sad at that saying. But this part right here, he went away grieved. You just came up to the Savior to get eternal life, and then you walked away grieved? So you chose grief? You would rather have fame than the Savior. Bible said he walked away grieved, for he had great possession. And then Jesus looked around about for somebody to talk to. Jesus looking around like, y'all come here. Did y'all just see this? This dude Turn down eternal life for his reputation on earth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of heaven? And the disciples were astonished at his words because he basically said, man, I mean, I don't think anybody with money is going to get in heaven. He said, it's, it's, it's pretty much impossible. And they started looking like, what? We ain't going to be rich one day? Oh, Lord, what did we get ourselves into? this is when they were a little immature so you know they were just looking at things like everyone else Jesus answered again and said unto them children how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven so now they're really astonished out of measure, the Bible said Bible said they just messed up now oh lord we we, ain't gonna have nothing that means if we have anything, we can't be saved. They say, who can be saved then? And Jesus looked upon him and said, with man it is possible, but not with God. For with God, what? All things are possible. So many people claim to be Christian, but are not willing to obey the very Christ that they claim to follow. You are Christian, but not doing what Christ said. I think there's something wrong with that. John 15 and 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall what? 
abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So if you don't keep his commandments, do you get to abide in his love? Why would he say if you keep them, you can abide? He would have said, whether you keep my commandments or not, ye shall abide in my love. Even though I have to keep my father's commandments, you don't have to, to be in my love. He didn't say, how many of you know he didn't say that? He said, no, if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Jesus is the only, look at somebody say, Jesus is the only way. Look at the other person on the other side and say, Jesus is the only way. I, you know, I just want to, I just want to Jesus proof this room. Because I don't want you here believing something that's not true. In here, we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. Unequivocally, no exceptions. It's just that he's the way. So if he's the way, his way is the way. Uh-oh. If Jesus is the way, his way is the way that Jesus is. Man, come on now. How you going to divorce his way from him if he's the way? How you going to change his way and do your way if he's the only way and the only way to him is his way? How many of you know only way means only way? Anybody ever turned right when they saw this sign? On accident. You did that on accident? I've done it before. Let me tell you something. It don't take long to know it won't take a long time for you to discover that you are going the wrong way. Yeah. Usually one-way streets always have cars on them. Like there's not a one-way street where there's no cars coming. If it's one way, that's where everybody want to go because ain't nobody going to interrupt my ride. Yeah, but it doesn't take long for you to figure out you're going the wrong way. So if Jesus' way is this arrow and that's the only way, if you're going the wrong way, you're going to find out pretty quick. Because the truth of the word is going to come because God doesn't want to see you get hit. So the truth is going to come. Now, if you choose to ignore the truth, that's on you. But you will know the right way. Matter of fact, you will know the only way. This means he has a way that encompasses rules and regulations that must be obeyed in order to truly follow him. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So if, there's, if something is the only way, then that means it comes with rules and regulations. What are we following if we are not following his way? If his way is the only way, but we're not following that way, what are we following? When it comes to the real Jesus, I have to say that because these, some of these folks is worshiping somebody else. When it, when it comes to the real Jesus, we must either accept him or reject him. There is no gray area. Sure, we may fall, but we must continue to pursue, oh, pursue his righteousness if we desire to see him. Y'all know what a pursuit of righteousness means? That means I'm pursuing the right way. I may have made mistakes. I may have errored. But my life is going to be about me trying to get it right. I don't need nobody making me feel good wrong. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I don't want to be comfortable wrong. 
I need the word to come and bring conviction so I can fix that. First John 5 and 11 says, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in who? Who is eternal life in? If eternal life is in his son, the only way you're going to get it is through his son. Let me say that again. If eternal life is in his son, there's only one way to have it. In his son. Now, eternal death, you can get that without his son. But if you want eternal life, that's why I want to say people that don't believe in a hell. Oh, well, you're just going to burn up and then you're not going to be anymore. That's not eternal death. I'm preaching in here. Folks scared of these kind of messages. It's the holiness message. Amen. Holiness or hell. Remember that? Amen. They would get up in the funeral so quick. And well, brother, y'all know he wasn't saved. So right now, we're just going to pray for the family that y'all be able to handle this. They wouldn't put nobody in heaven at no holiness. Boy, you, ain't, you wasn't at a church of God in Christ's funeral. You went to them Baptist funerals and the Methodist funerals. Episcopalian funerals. Everybody went to heaven. And I remember, I just remember back when he sat in the chair. Oh, he came up here and sat in the chair so we know his life is secure. Eternal security, Lord, we call upon that eternal security, pardoning him from that eternal flame. Because he did come and sit in the chair. I mean, he may have slept with every woman in, the, in this congregation and molested every woman on the street behind us. Oh, but he's in heaven. He was in the act of it when he got shot. But we know he came and sat in that funeral chair. And sat right in the service and gave his life to the Lord when he was eight. That, I, I mean, I had no recollection of that when I was young. I, don't, I, never, I never heard that when I was young. They would get up and be real. If crazy John got shot and died, first you got to talk to pastor and even having a funeral in the church. He's going to tell you, hey, boy, cremate that boy. You better go cremate. Get that boy's ashes and spread them somewhere. Go spread them in the hood. Pour them out. Shake them over the bottle of MD 2020. And pour it out. Because he can't have his funeral here. Family going to cry. They going to walk by the body, whatever. They, 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 the preacher's going to preach, but he's going to preach about something that don't have nothing to do with death. Or they'll do the, take the other road. It ain't about his life. What about your life? You know what that means. That means he's in hell. He's in hell and I ain't got nothing to say about it. But what about your life? That's what they really want to say. Y'all, he got what he deserved. He's in hell. But what about your life? Do you want to continue being John? Don't you want God to save you? It's too late for him. He can't do nothing about it. He's burning right now. Y'all what? Y'all didn't grow up like I did. Remember, uh, he said that at the burning hell. <laughs> Just tell me, fast preacher. He didn't go to hell, did he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's burning in the flames right now. I mean, that's all I knew growing up. I didn't know anything else. The ruler tried to use what he had learned about the law to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He felt that since he has obeyed a portion of the law, he was qualified to enter in. Don't this sound like them Hebrew Israelites? They obeyed the Sabbath and cussed the next day, cuss everybody out. The most hateful. They hate their religion. You know why they hate it? 
because they know it's not real. They know that Israelite doctrine is racism to the core. You ain't going to heaven hating another color group. Ain't nothing special about your color. Amen. You, you, you want to know why? Go out and try to use it for something. You, you'll find out real quick. Ain't nothing special. That's only because we in bondage. Deuteronomy says we. Deuteronomy was written to the folks while they was in. But what are you talking? You think you in bondage? Did somebody tell you when to wake up this morning? Did somebody tell you what to wear? Did somebody whip your back to make you come here? Look at somebody say, then you're not in bond. Did, did you get gas in your car when you want to? You just drove up and got some gas. Did you go pick the car you want, you want that Lexus? You, you, you picked that, right? When you just picked it, pick the car. Did somebody beat your back? You know it'd be showing up on your back. Did nobody beat you and kick you? Get this car. You're in bondage. Nobody in America in bondage. We're in bondage because the white man is in, got us in bondage and we can't excel to the levels of it. LeBron James make $150,000 a day. How much money does Oprah have? Is Oprah in bondage? Is that bondage? Rich Negroes? Taking a knee and protesting rich. I take that bondage any day. Give me some more bondage. We need to be praying for bondage. We're doing something wrong. James 2 and 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend at one point, he's guilty of the whole law. So if you're trying to keep the Sabbath, but you miss another part of the law, you're responsible for the law. You pulled yourself from under grace and now you're responsible for the whole law. But the Bible said, keep the Sabbath. That's just 10, man. You know how many laws? That's 700 laws. 200 uh, uh, mosaic laws. You're talking about the 10? Man, the 10 was all Moses could fit in his arms when he came down. That's what the 10 was about. He couldn't carry, he couldn't carry no more. Laws was heavy. You know, that was that real stone back in the day. They didn't, they didn't have no paper. Jesus pointed out the fact that he didn't, he pointed out the fact to the rich and that he didn't obey the very laws that he claimed to have obeyed. Oh, you could go up to a Hebrew Israelite and do the same thing. It's like, brother, so you, you obey the law? Yeah, yeah, I obey the laws. I obey the laws. Well, do you love your neighbor as yourself? What about the white man that's the neighbor? I don't love him as myself because he ain't as myself. What did you just say? Re what, you what did you just say? But Jesus used the same thing against them. It's like, dude, you, you're not you saying you're obeying laws, but you're not obeying any laws because you can't love your neighbor as himself and you can't deny yourself for me. Those are my laws. Deny yourself with uh denying yourself for me uh for, for my sake would be loving your neighbor as yourself. 
and you can't do it. Mark 12, 30 and 31 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the what? This is the what? So if you're going to love me with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, that means you love me more than your possessions and your reputation. Who's saying this? Jesus! Then the second commandment is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So while you keeping the Sabbath by not going to church on Sunday, which is ridiculous, do you love your neighbor as yourself? Do you love the white man like you love the black man? Is the white man your neighbor? Well, no, let's see. Neighbor, the connotation of the word neighbor. Let's, let's take the first two letters, N-E. N-E is ni. And so ni means... <laughs> Bruh, do you love the white man as yourself? Like, I don't feel any different loving any other color. I don't even understand. I mean, under the skin, aren't we all the same? So why would I feel some kind of way? Because someone's color is different. And if I was going to be mad at a color, it's definitely going to be the Negroes. Because they the ones got us in bondage. They the ones keep putting people in bondage. They the ones keep using voodoo. They the ones that can't get together, got the largest continent in the whole world and can't get together and form one city. Not one. Wakanda's not real. Just in case some of you just really thought it was there and it was hidden by... The realm technology, the different dimensions, it's hidden. You got to fly in the right way for it to appear. Stupid. But I love everyone. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not racist when I see people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I, don't, I don't even see that when I look at people. I'm not looking like, ooh. How you doing, uh, G. Craig? I mean, do you have a problem with me? Yes. Your people. To deny oneself means that we give up our selfish ambitions for who? For Christ. He wants the glory and honor for our lives since he gave his life for his son. So simply put, if you're going to deny yourself for Christ, you give up who you want to be for him. Amen. Amen. Especially if it conflicts with your integrity. If it conflicts with your integrity in Christ, you can't do it. Amen. That, and my wife keeps telling me, and I, man, I guess because I'm turning 50, I'm, I'm having this whole look back in retrospect thing. And I'm feeling bad about some of the people that started out with me and all of this and that. But man, we all had the same choice. And I chose not to put what God wanted on the back burner for what I wanted. I chose to deny what I wanted for what God wanted. Now, later in life, everybody's looking back. I told my wife, I'm happy with my life. No, no, not, not, not bragging. I am. I'm, I'm just happy with my life. Like, I'm happy with the church. I'm happy with EX Ministries. Oh, Lord knows I'm happy with my family. Man, I love these folks. I want to be with them all the time. So, I, I'm happy about the decisions that I make. I didn't make perfect decisions. And, you know, there was 
stuff we had to deal with or work through. But I'm happy. I'm really happy. I wish my daddy was here. That's about the only thing. But my mama's here. My sister's here. I'm happy. So I'm not sitting back at night wishing I had done things differently. I'm glad about the decisions. Even though my decisions alienated me from all my friends. Took them all out my life. People that was close to me. Brothers. Folks that I considered brothers. Folks that I loved. I had to lose them for the sake of the gospel. I had to turn my back. I had to say, man, as much as I love you, we can't go no further. But I'm happy that I did it. If not for anything but you that are in here today. Amen? Amen. Yeah, some of y'all, anybody in here close to 50, you know that 50-year-old assessment that you started? Hey, let me see. Did I do things that I wished I had done? And how is my life now? And maybe I need to go get a fast car. But yeah, but hey, it's just, it just happens. And so all my friends, all my old friends are coming back into my life some way or another. I'm getting correspondence from them, text from whatever. And it's just like, yeah, man, when you said this and man, you know, when you said that. And man, I, I just don't have to be up at night worried about what I said because I did what the Lord told me to do. My wife got to keep encouraging me, though. But I did it. Hey, Amen. He ain't going to make me feel bad because of my decisions I had to make. Christ is, oh, to deny oneself means to give up our selfish ambitions for Christ. Christ is not our fan or cheerleader. So you don't use Christ to cheer you on about what you want to do. He's not going to do that. He's not a cheerleader. He's like the owner of the team. He's not a cheerleader. The owner will applaud for you when you do what he say, but oh, if you don't do what he say, there's bright, you will get cut no matter how important you think you are. Not only will you get cut, but man, I'll put the word out on you and won't nobody sign you. You're going to go to the no man's land of the Cleveland Browns, the absolute worst team in NFL history. They're the worst, and they've set a record as the worst team in the NFL. That's who you're going to play for because you forgot who owns the team. You thought because you were good on the field, you owned it. You don't own it. And I'm, a, I'm not your cheerleader. I'll applaud for you when you do good. That's somebody's story. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of folks' story in the end. Yeah. Oh, you thought I was following you out into the world and cheering you on, and you were going to bring me in the world? I'm Christ. You're going to take me to do what you want to do? He wants the glory and the honor for our lives since he gave his for, our, for us. Matthew 16 and 25. For whosoever will save his life shall what? And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall do what? Find it. All right. Forsaking your desire for fame and fortune is required by all who follow Christ. This is not saying that some believers will not be rich because with God it is possible. Amen. It's possible for a believer to have money. Especially if God gave it to him. I mean, the world, the, 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 the most sinful group of people on earth was Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, ever lived. They were so bad, God had to burn the city up. Well, the king of Sodom tried to give Abraham some money and make him rich. Abraham turned him down. He said, bro, I can't take your money. He said, no man make me rich but my father in heaven. Because you know what Abraham knew? Because if God make me rich, he's going to give me what I need to be able to handle that riches. 
Riches from him means I'm doing what he said. Are you going to do what I said? Exactly like I said? Whenever I say it? I don't mind making you rich. Because with God, it is possible. It's, it's possible for a rich man like that to make it in. But the rich man that's rich off reputation and what people think and what people going to say and trying to please the world and love the world, you ain't making it. It's impossible. First Timothy 6 and 17, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to what? Enjoy. So he's telling you, charge those that are, that, that are rich in this world. Just don't be high-minded and don't trust in riches. Meaning don't compromise for the money. The issue was the ruler's love for his riches and reputation. He wanted fame more than he wanted Christ. This leads to a perpetual cycle of disobedience in order to maintain wealth gained through compromise. Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one, love the other, else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Serve money. Meaning you can't do what money's telling you to do and do what God is telling you to do. Jesus states that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. When people trust in riches and seek fame, it is impossible for them to follow Christ. You're going to compromise. The devil's going to make sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to put you, if you're famous, he's going to put you on stage with the most diabolical, baffled, worshiping person he can find. And make you shake their hand and approve of them. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. He that trusteth in his riches shall do what? Shall what? But righteousness shall flourish as a branch. Summary. Ooh, this was good to me. Amen. Young tell I'm preaching to myself, right? Man. The rich ruler had Jesus. All, look at somebody say he had Jesus all wrong. Come on. He had him all, just, uh, he didn't know who he was talking to. He had him all wrong. He tried to use his reputation and prestige as a means to be counted worthy of Jesus's eternal life. He felt that because he was lifted up in the earth, he was qualified to be lifted up in the afterlife. Is that what they do? They believe because they're famous that they should come in church and be famous. So Aretha Franklin is not just a regular sinner. She's a special high-level sinner. Because she can sing and had hit songs, she's high enough to equate herself to a believer and be in God's kingdom. We'll talk about her and pray for her, but shun the person that lives next door to us. He felt that because he was lifted up in the earth, he was qualified to be lifted up in the afterlife. This is a common misconception in our world today. People believe that their fame and fortune is kingdom transferable. I'm special in the church because I'm special in the world. What? Jay-Z walking here, everybody. Oh, whoo, whoo. Is, is Bay with him? Beyonce walking in, you can't even have church. So why is she so special? 
Aretha Franklin so special, she didn't write none of her songs. And she sung okay. So what was it? Oh, something got into her from a ritual in her childhood that was performed. She was sacrificed to Satan. So she walks in and takes the air out of the room. People believe that they're fame. They think that it is. If they are famous in the world, they feel they should be recognized by God and God's people. But on the contrary, Christ told the story of a rich man that was lifted up while he was on earth, but went to hell when he died. The Bible says he received good things when he was living. But now he is what? In torment. I say he is in torment because if he was in torment back then, he's still in torment. What we do on earth only matters when it is what? When it is what? The will of God. The will of God is for us to obey his son, Jesus, and live according to his rules and what? That's it. His rules and his regulations. Can't say no rules, no religion. That's what it's about, his rules and his religion. The things he taught are not optional, but they are necessary for eternal life. However, when people desire fame and fortune more than they desire Christ, they will continue to compromise and will abandon Christ's way for what? For their own way. Matthew 7 and 21 says it as plain as any other passage in the Bible. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth what? The will of my Father, which is in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord! We was, we was famous. We were famous gospel artists and singers and performers. We are famous preachers. We pastored mega churches. We prophesied. We cast out devils. And in your name, we did wonderful works. Not bad works. We did wonderful works in your name. We used your power and delivered folks. And then will I profess unto them, man, while you were doing all of that, I never knew you. As a matter of fact, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What is working iniquity if I prophesied in thy name on earth? You led people astray. You led people astray. People followed you. You had a platform. You had an audience. You had a following and you led them into sin and debauchery. Your decisions changed people's lives for the worse. You yoked up with this recording artist. They start listening to him. Got a head full of demons and you wrecked their life. You yoked up with this prophet and he came and preached at your church and messed all the marriages in the church up. Families were torn apart. Because you did it your way. That's working iniquity. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.